Hi everyone and welcome to East Redland Anglican for this 30th of August 2020 for the uh, 13th Sunday after Pentecost. Today we have a combined service of the whole parish here at Cleveland. Today we're hearing from Matthew 16 uh, and we're hearing where Jesus is talking to the disciples about taking up their cross and following him. It's a bit of a confusing um, idea sometimes so today I'm using the story of the ragman to explore what it means to take up your cross and follow Jesus. So as I've said over the last few weeks go and grab yourself a cup of coffee Come back, sit down and enjoy the sermon and I'll see you on the other side of it. Talk to you then. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you please be seated? I just want to reiterate the, the collect that we said today. O God, whose Son has shown the way of the cross to be the way of life, transform and renew our minds that we may not be conformed to this world, but may offer ourselves wholly to you as a living sacrifice through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. They're important words as we come together to contemplate what it means to take up your cross and follow Jesus. So imagine the sound of Jesus' words to his disciples. If you want to be my disciples, you will need to deny your own needs. You will need to deny all that is familiar. You will need to pick up your cross and follow me. But what does any of that mean in a world that, no lo- that is no longer familiar with the cross and indeed comfortable with following anyone at the expense of our own personal sense of liberty? I mean, to, to Jesus' world, picking up, taking up your cross and following him was probably very clear. Remember, the cross at the time had its own, already had an established theology, and that theology was, this is the cross that the Son of God, i.e., at the time, the Roman emperor, would inflict on you and kill you with if you stepped out of line. So that was already an established theology that was going on within the ancient world. And here's Jesus saying to his disciples, you need to take up your cross and follow me. So what does it mean? I mean, I know there's a guy who uh, you might have seen, he walks around Cleveland carrying a cross. Yeah? Um, that may be what it means for him to literally take up his cross or take up a cross and follow Jesus in that way. But to answer the question, I want to use a story because sometimes I think short stories um, are great at helping us wrestle with complex things and they help us do it in ways that aren't sort of so highfalutin that we don't understand them. So the story I'm going to read to you today is, as I said, it's only a short story, but it's called The Ragman. Early before dawn one Friday morning, I noticed a man, handsome and strong, walking down the alleys of our city. He was pulling a cart filled with with clothes, bright and new, calling in a clear voice, rags, rags, new rags for old, I'll take your tired rags. This truly was a wonder. The man stood six feet four, 
arms like tree trunks, hard and muscular, and his eyes flashed intelligence. Could he find no better job than this, a ragman in the inner city? So I followed him. My curiosity drove me, and I wasn't disappointed. Soon the ragman saw a young, young woman sitting on her back doorstep. She was sobbing into a handkerchief, sighing and shedding a thousand tears. Her shoulders shook. Her heart was breaking. The ragman stopped his cart. Quietly he walked to the woman, stepping around the tin cans, dead toys and rubbish. Give me your rag, he said so gently, and I'll give you another. He slipped the handkerchief from her eyes. She looked up and he laid across her palm a linen cloth so clean and new that it shone. She blinked from the gift of, to the giver. Then as he began to pull the cart again, the ragman did a strange thing. He put her stained handkerchief to his own face and then he began to weep, to sob as grievously as she had done, his shoulders shaking. Yet she was left without a tear. This is a wonder, I breathed to myself, and I followed the sobbing ragman like a child who cannot turn away from mystery. Rags, rags, new rags for old. In a little while, as the evening drew in, the ragman came upon a girl whose head was wrapped in a bandage, whose eyes were empty. Blood-soaked was her bandage. A single line of blood run, ran down her cheek. Now the ragman looked upon the child with pity and he drew a lovely yellow bonnet from his cart. Give me your rags, he said, tracing his own line on her cheek, and I'll give you mine. The child could only gaze at him while he loosened the bandage, removed it, and tied it on his own head. The bonnet he set on hers, and I gasped at what I saw. For with the bandage went the wound, Against his brow ran a darker, more substantial blood, his own. Rags, rags, I take old rags, cried the sobbing, bleeding, strong and intelligent ragman. The ragman seemed more and more now to hurry. Are you going to work, he asked the man who leaned against the telephone pole. The man shook his head and the ragman pressed him. Do you have a job? Are you crazy, said, sneered the other. And he pulled away from the pole, revealing the right sleeve of his jacket, flat, the cuff stuffed into his pocket. He had no arm. So, said the ragman, give me your jacket and I'll give you mine. Such quiet authority in his voice. The one-armed man took off his jacket and so did the ragman. And I trembled at what I saw for the ragman's arm stayed in the sleeve and when the other put it on, he had two good arms, strong as tree trunks, but the ragman had only one, the ragman had only one. Go to work, he said. After that, he found a drunk lying unconscious beneath an army blanket, an old man hunched and wizened and sick. 
He took the blanket and wrapped it round himself. But for the drunk, he left new clothes. And now I had to run to keep up with the ragman. Though he was weeping uncontrollably and bleeding freely at the forehand, pulling his cart with one arm and stumbling for drunkenness, falling again and again, exhausted, old and sick, yet he went with terrible speed. On spider's legs, he skittered through the alleys of the city, this mile and the next, until he came to its limits, and then he rushed beyond. I wept to see the change in this man. I hurt to see his sorrow, and yet I needed to see where he was going in such haste perhaps even to discover what drove him so. The little old rag man finally came to a landfill. He came to the garbage pits. And then I wanted to help him in, help him in what he did, but I hung back, hiding. He climbed a hill, and with tormented labour he cleared a little space on that hill, and then he sighed. He lay down. He pillowed his head on a handkerchief and a jacket, he covered his bones with an army jacket, and then he died. Oh, how I cried to witness that death. I slumped in a junked car and wailed and mourned as one who has no hope, because I had come to love the ragman. I sobbed myself to sleep. I didn't know, how could I know, that I slept through Friday night and Saturday, and it's night too. But then on Sunday I was awakened by a violent light, light, pure, hard, demanding light, slammed against my sleeping face and I blinked and I looked and I saw the last and first wonder of all. There was the ragman, folding the blanket most carefully, the scar on his forehead but alive. And beside that, so healthy, there was no sign of sorrow or of age and of all the rags he had shined for cleanliness. Well, I lowered my head and trembling for all I had seen. I myself got out of the junked car and walked to the ragman. I told him my name was Shame, for I was a sorry figure next to him. And then I stripped myself of everything and I said to him with a yearning voice, Dress me. Make me new again. And he dressed me. He put new rags on me. And I am a wonder beside, and I am a wonder beside him. The rag man, the rag man, the Christ. So what does it mean to take up one's cross and follow our Lord? To answer that, I think it's worthwhile considering one of the most profound comments I've ever heard with respect to our Christian lives that the biggest problem the church faces is its dealing with the overabundance of God. Now, that might seem confusing, but it's a comment which speaks of extraordinary self-giving and self-emptying, things we see so poignantly expressed in that short story. And yet, this is no less what we are charged with as part of our journeys as a Christian people. Taking up our cross means following in the footsteps of the ragman. Because, and even though Peter gets all of this mucked up in today's gospel, I think deep down he knows that to turn back from following the ragman would mean to turn away from the words of eternal life and the overabundance of God. This is a fundamental 
truth of our faith. And while Christian truths may not be popular in our postmodern world, they are no less, in my opinion, truth. And they are truths which allow us to share the overabundance of God with the world around us. And in doing so, we gain for us and it the treasures of eternal life. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That brings our podcast to an end for this week. If there's anything more you'd like to know about the parish, you can always check us out at our website, which is www.eastredlandanglican.com.au. You'll be able to find lots of links there to our Facebook page, to our Vimeo and YouTube channels, and to our Apple Podcast channel. You'll be able to go through the website there and find out any other information you want to know about our service times or baptisms and confirmations and things like that. Um, So check us out there, um, have a look, and if there's anything you need, please don't hesitate to send us an email or give us a call. Um, And we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.